Hello and welcome to Out on Her Fanny. A podcast about the nanny. I'm Ben. I'm Mandy. And last time I checked, this is a nanny podcast? Yeah, I did just say it's a podcast about the nanny. Yeah, like we watch, there's this old show called The Nanny. Yes. Um, and that's what we've been watching. Yeah. We're working our way through it. I feel like we, we very rarely open the show with like what the premise is about. I mean, we, we do. Waffle. The reason we waffle a bit is because it's kind of in the in the title. I did. I say every episode it's a podcast about the nanny, unless you've been cutting it out. I have been cutting it out, but there's also <laughs> what if there's just some some upper middle class couple that uh, they download this podcast because they think it is specifically a status update about their nanny. That their specific nanny. Their yeah, I guess in that case we should be clear um your nanny is not uh fran fine if if she was i would assume we've been talking about a lot of i last last episode she hit someone with bread i feel like that would be an issue please if you're listening and you thought this was about your nanny please don't fire your nanny as far as we are aware she's never hit children with bread i feel like they fired multiple nannies at this point because they're listening to the show and they hear the endings like man this nanny's just as bad as the last one. We keep letting these nannies go and they keep coming in and assaulting friends' kids. It's astounding. Yeah, they keep assaulting kids. They keep unmocking their need, need to go to therapy. Uh, That's pretty much it. Yeah. And helping them with uh, with their gym class, which is what this week's episode of The Nanny is about. Yes, this episode is titled The Gym Teacher. It is season one, episode 19, uh, in broadcast order. Uh, what crazy bullshit order has HBO Max put it in? I think it's also episode 19. Yeah, I think the crazy bullshit yeah. order is just the regular order. But it is now. worth double checking, because yes. you know what HBO is like. Yes. Can you believe we've recorded 19 episodes of this show? We have. That's an accomplishment. It is. We've That's dis- not nothing. We discovered another podcast that had record uh, that was that did like batches of like two or three episodes. They're called the Francast. Yeah. So there's another podcast, and they have actually um, completed and done their full uh, series run. But they were doing like batch episodes. Yeah. They would do like a few episodes of things. So. Because I think we really allow each episode its own opportunity to kind of. Uh, marinade and really kind of settle in you know we're really giving each episode its yeah which means that we ramble for longer than the actual episode is so you could in the time that takes for you to listen to hear our thoughts on the episode you could literally just watch the episode yourself and uh, form those opinions but uh fucking don't (laughs) (laughs) I feel like we're being more respectful of the show than Cozy because Cozy's just like put it on play nine episodes in a row who gives a shit whereas I feel like we give it time to breathe yeah. We talk it through. We share off the feelings and thoughts and emotions. Yes. We um, cry. Also, uh, to what you were saying originally, yes, it is It is episode 19 okay. on HBO Max. So it is a daily double. Perfect. Should we just jump into it? Sure. Uh, so this episode starts with uh, Fran and Val coming back from shoe shopping, yes. um, which we haven't seen Val in a while. We haven't seen Val since like the Christmas episode. It's been don't. a bit. I feel like it's been a few episodes. Yeah. Like she has not been around and she's not going to be around past th- this scene, just this intro bit. But they come home and uh, Maggie is sick on the couch and Niles is taking care of her. Honey, I feel 
terrible. Here I was out shopping and you were homesick with no one to take care of you. I beg your pardon. I'm perfectly capable of taking care of Miss Margaret. But Maggie explains like, no, it is uh, her uh, monthly troubles. She's all yours. <laughs> and to that, Fran is kind of quizzical about because it turns out that Maggie has stayed home because of her period four times this month. Yay! Which is uh, not how uh, the periods, I mean, periods can sometimes happen Hold like on, that. Let me, let me get a pen so I can write this down. Okay, uh, all right. Uh, oh, this was a bit. I, mean, I, thought I you just were... want to make sure periods not weekly, not weekly, right? If they are weekly, you should probably go to a doctor because that is uh, not... Uh, I don't. I don't want to say that like uh, unhealthy, but there might be some underlying uh, health conditions that are uh, causing some abnormalities. Sorry, health. I'm not. A, I'm not a doctor. Talk to your doctor if that is happening, though. Talk to your doctor if just having one period a fucking month is right for you. Yeah, I mean, talk to your doctor if having no periods a fucking month is right for you. I should probably contact my doctor then, right? <laughs> Yeah, I think that's what I'm even making a note of that now. Uh, okay. This bit isn't funny. No. Cool. I legit thought that you like, I was all stopped because I thought that you were making a note separately. I didn't know that this was no, a bit. It's a whole bit. It's a, it's whole a dumb bit. Yeah. So Maggie, Maggie says that she's having some trouble with her, her gym teacher. Her gym teacher is picking on her. She's a nightmare. And I relate to this so fucking hard. I hate I hate all PE teachers. PE teachers are the scum of the earth. If you're listening to this and you're a PE teacher, I want you to know that I hate you uh, on a fundamental, just a base level because of the profession you've chosen and the way that almost every PE teacher I've ever met has acted as a human being. Yeah, I don't think that I have any like memorable gym teacher things. I do have uh, very mad at my high school scheduling things. So fun fact, technically in uh, high school, I did not, I was not supposed to have to have a gym credit because of the program that I was doing. It was so overloaded with classes mm. that literally do not have space to do a gym class. So I wanted to take the journalism elective instead of gym. And I was like, well, the program that I'm in, I don't have to take the gym elective. But they were like, oh, you'll probably flunk out of that program. So it's best to take gym anyway. Yeah. So I had to fucking take gym and I had to take health class. It was like half health class, half gym. I hated it. It was a waste of time. But the gym teacher half the time never showed up. So we would just kind of sit there and do nothing. I, I wish I had gym teachers who didn't show up. I There are three gym teachers who I remember and did despise and that I actually hope are dead to this day. I won't name any names, but there was, a, there was one gym teacher who at the high school that I was bullied at mercilessly joined in with the bullying. Uh, there was... Uh, there was the gym teacher in the high school I ended up transferring to, who when the head of year, like the way that the uh, high school is in Luton, I don't know if they do that here, but like as well as having a principal, there was like a head of year, like a teacher who's like in charge of each year group. I don't think that I've had that in my school, but I don't know. Mm. Other other schools might have that. Well, my, my head of year at the time was really cool, and there was a mentoring program where they would, for one hour a week, I would get taken out of class, 
And I specifically said, could you, could I, is it possible I could be taken out of PE? Because I don't do well and I, I don't get on with the PE teacher. And the head of year was like, you know what? Sure, that's fine. And then the head of year resigned and my PE teacher became the head of year. Ah. And you know how when you are leaving a job and presumably you give all the information about the job to whoever's taking over the role? I know this happened. I know this for a fact because the old head of year told me I'm giving this information to the... My PE teacher, who was now the head of year, didn't like the fact that I wasn't doing PE and marked me as truant for every PE lesson, even though he knew, by virtue of the position that he was in, he knew exactly yeah. where I was yeah. during, the, the, during that one hour every week. And also he used to offer the cute girls in my year a ride home in his car, which he is explicitly forbidden. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, not, he was a skeevy piece of shit. That's not good. Our PE teacher, if you walked or ran a mile, you had to track the amount of laps that you did when you got to a mile. He got this little glow-in-the-dark, like, it was a plastic thing shaped like a foot, and it went on your shoelace. And it was a little, it would make your shoe be glow-in-the-dark. And it would make you want to run miles. Because then you would get a little glow thing. That was an elementary school. More more uh, PE teachers should incentivize children with glow-in-the-dark feet. Instead of punishing them for maybe not having a, 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 an aptitude for, for physical activities. And now I look back on it and I think, well, why did I have trouble moving? Why did I have trouble running? And hey, it turns out I have a chronic illness. Yeah. Maybe if you had been looking for that instead of looking for ways to torture your kids, which is what this episode is about. Yeah, like I never remember any like gym teachers actually like incentivizing physical activity. Like I never enjoyed gym. Yeah. I didn't have any like specific like the gym teacher specifically bullying me or anything. Mm. But it was always something of like avoiding the thing that we're supposed to do. And now I'm at a place where I regularly do fitness things. I was working out earlier today. Like, that is something that I enjoy, but I struggle with it so much because I am so behind other people who, yeah. like, fitness comes more naturally to them because they were doing it from, like, a much younger age. And I'm having to do it, in, like, now and figure it out. But, oh, maybe if someone had encouraged me from the beginning to, like, oh, oh hey, yeah. oh, hey, you can't touch your toes right now. Maybe work up to that rather than, like, we're just going to grade you and you're going to get a failure and it's because mandy uh needed to get an a and everything was like no i can't touch my toes now i'm a failure and everything it's the fucking like if instead of punishing poor physical performance which may be outside of a child's control maybe incentivize or reward positive like make it make an experience where you want to enjoy yourself. Yeah. Like, which, and that's something that a lot of PE teachers don't do. Yeah, which is a good thing, again, with the little, you get a little glow-in-the-dark thing. For yeah. So that was never something of, and technically this was like an after-school activity thing that I did because my parents weren't home. So it was easy to be like, just go run laps outside. But it wasn't something where, oh, you have to run this much in a day. It was like, keep track of your progress. And then when you get... Each time you get a mile, you get to get it. So some people got that immediately. Some people took a month. I was one of the people that it took a month. Yeah. P teachers are monsters is what we're saying. And again, 
that's very much the the narrative that this particular episode wants to present. Yeah, so uh, Maggie admits that uh, she's not actually getting her period every week, which that means that she doesn't need, not need to go to a doctor, but she uh, is trying to get out of gym class. Fran definitely understands because she has her own bad history with gym teachers, but it's like, Maggie, no, you cannot lie to get out of the class. Though Val is very much like, oh, but Fran, that's what you did. Yeah, Val suggests like writing fake doctor's notes yeah and that's like pretty much the only reason why val is uh in this bit is for her to call out fran for doing that in her past she got her check she got to you know leave early and she gets to come back in however many episodes it is that we'll end up seeing her again i don't know after the opening credits after the opening credits is the kitchen scene where where fran agrees to write the notes and niles gives her and she specifically yeah uh she specifically agrees because maggie says that the gym teacher will not let them wear makeup in class oh she's gonna be stopped which is also ridiculous seems like well now you're also wasting time of they have to take off the makeup that they're wearing as part of their getting ready which is also something like like whenever there's like a gym class in like pop culture things mm. there's always something of like the gym room where they're all changing and they're doing like our gym never like i mean technically uh in i believe in the middle school hardly anyone actually like ended up changing because again we would just go outside and just like walk around a bit so not anything that we really need to need to sweat it out for how old are you for that uh like middle school so like 12 12, 13 yeah we had changing rooms in my high school like we had changing rooms but nobody like it was like a we like i remember specifically like bringing like a sports bra and stuff of like oh here's things you have to work out and like everyone just kind of quickly put on like you have like the gym shorts and whatever old shirt you had but you like, I kind of realized, like, oh, no, I should not be taking my bra off because it's weird if I take my bra off. Yeah. My first high school, um, and keeping in mind, just so I don't confuse listeners, a high school in the town I grew up in in England, uh, high school starts at 11 and then we finish at 16. So that's high school for me. Mm-hmm. Um, the first high school I went to, the one with the absolute asshole bullying gym teacher, made you buy these school uni- these uniform PE kits and I hated it. And then I mean, I that kind of makes sense because you because you have to you wear we uniforms. School uniforms. Yeah, yeah, you wear uniforms regardless. Yeah, PE was kind of the only time you got to kind of express any kind of personal clothing choices because you got to choose, the, for example, the brand of your trainers and the uh, color of your shorts. But you still had to wear a white uh, polo neck shirt. That was as close as you got to kind of personal expression was in PE, and I hated it. Well, did you did you see anybody like do get in their gym fashions? Mostly I remember people just giving people shit for not having like Adidas or Nike ah. sneakers or anything. And I did actually ask my mom for for, uh, for some Reeboks. And I got some Reeboks. They were like tennis shoe Reeboks. Because everyone mm. else was like, you should get some Reeboks. You should get some, you know, some, some brand shoes. I asked my mom to do that because I thought I'd be accepted. And uh, she did. But they, because they weren't the right ones... Because like, well, those don't count. Why don't they fucking count, Aaron? Because it was because it was Reeboks W R E E B O X. <laughs> it was it was the actual brand. It was just like they were they were tennis shoes. They were yeah, not. Yeah, they weren't. Yeah, yeah, they weren't trainers or sneakers. They weren't fancy. They were just. It's like 
kids get hung up on the stupidest shit. Like, you tell me to get some Reeboks. Oh, I got you. I got Reeboks. What now? Oh, they're the wrong ones. Well, maybe go and climb inside of I think them. I think maybe they were the wrong ones because Benjamin was wearing them. Yeah. Yeah, that was a rough time for me. <laughs> um, yeah, this this is certainly... Not, like, there's not really much, like, in this episode that we have to give warnings for. Definitely us uh, bringing up stuff because, again, Jim is a sensitive uh, history, which is kind of what this episode is yeah. based on. So... Fran agrees uh, that she will uh, help Maggie make excuses and write notes. And Niles is kind of like, yeah, that's going to that's gonna work out well. Yeah. Which goes against how it was in the early episodes when Fran was new to this. Because there was the bit where Brighton got a bad grade or something. like He had something that he had to sign. Yes. And uh, Niles was just like, oh, Maxwell doesn't look at any of these, like, just sign it and deal with it um so this is a i don't know if it's like uh necessarily like a contradiction so much as like oh he's going to catch it because it's you doing it and that's different from like typically you're the one who wants to like encourage the kids to actually acknowledge things and encourage maxwell to actually be attentive to his children yeah but then there's also the fact that as as a show with in terms of like canon and continuity, the nanny has a very kind of laissez-faire approach to it, yeah. where it's like it doesn't matter until it does, and then if it doesn't later, that's fine. It's how they're able to recast characters. It's how they're able to kind of change the origins of Niles and Maxwell's uh, relationship. Something does happen. The two things that happen in the scene that uh, I think are worth commenting on. First is Niles' comment: "Just think of me as one of those people who slows down on the highway to view the wreck and then goes on his merry way." <laughs> Uh, which comes back later um, and is kind of built on in a really fun way in a, in, a, in a following scene. And the other is Brighton saying that Maggie ain't got no tits. It has to be something undetectable, something she can't see. Then it should have something to do with your chest. Hey, hi. Um, that's your that's your sister. That's your sister. That is your that that is. Sorry, that's your sister. Yeah, it's uh, great because we also... So I've been uh, re-watching uh, King of the Hill and recently watched the episode where uh, Bobby accidentally sees Luann naked. Mm-hmm. And so it's just it's just a lot of incest shit going on recently. Yeah. Uh, Gracie offers up just saying depression, which a, a sweet Gracie uh, believing that saying a mental illness will get you out of anything. No, gym teachers don't care about mental illness. Illness. Gym teachers are usually the cause of mental illness. Benjamin, no teacher cares about mental illness. <laughs> but gym teachers <laughs> least of all. If it's if it if it's not about your glutes or quads or running a lap around the field, they give neither shit nor fuck. No. Anyway, friend writes a note. Meanwhile, meanwhile, Maxwell and Cece are dealing with a different matter: the casting of a show about FDR. Uh, yeah, Cece uh, recommends someone, uh, Alan Baker, I believe is the name that they I have. Can, every time they said his name, I just heard Alan Thicke, and it's not Alan Thicke. I don't know who that is either. Cece's recommending this guy, I was like, oh, he's just won, uh, like, Emmys and a Tony, and he's a big name. Yeah, Academy, Academy, an Oscar, I think they call it. Yeah, an Academy I Oscar. Yeah, Maxwell does not want to because he's like, no, this guy, big, just a horrible person, big dick, um, not big dick energy, just big dick, just a spectacular asshole. S- suck a lot. Um, so sucks a lot. 
Yeah, he just he just is bad. When I first started in the theatre, I, I worked as his gopher. He treated me like dirt. Oh, he can't be that bad. One time I forgot to put lemon in his tea. He set me on fire. This scene I found particularly interesting because Maxwell says that, oh, when I was a young man in my 20s, I was a gopher for Alan Thicke or whatever <clears> his name is uh, at the beginning of my career in the theatre. And my thought to that was, hang on, Maxwell. What, what, aren't you from money? Haven't you just always done this? Where, how did, did you have a career at the bottom and work your way up to massive producer? Uh, the only thing that I can imagine is that because he comes from money, he is able to kind of do like unpaid and low paid shit like this. Like he wanted, he wanted to have that like, oh no, I want to work my way into the yeah. theater. And I want to earn it. And I'm sure in his mind, he thinks that like, oh, I've earned it because I've worked from the bottom. No, you came from money. So you were always able to take an unpaid or very low paid job because you didn't have to worry about like, it's like the kids who do like unpaid and in- like, oh, you have to do an unpaid internship. And that's how you make your way in the business. And it was like, you have to, you have to come from a certain level of wealth in order to do that in the first place. So that's because he wasn't like, oh, and I was starving at the time. He was like, no, he was he was fine. In his mind, he has worked his way, and that's why he's able to be yeah. in be in the business. But yeah. Anyway, he's he's not keen on on hiring this 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 Alan bloke because Alan set him on fire once. I think I'm at that point in my career where I can choose who I work with. Alan Beck's name on a marquee can pre-sell a six-month run. I choose him. <laughs> Which, I mean, is probably something that's, like, more relevant. I mean, it was, uh, this has always been an issue, but now it's something that people talk about more of, just of, like, why do horrible people continue to get jobs? And it's like, oh, because they continue to sell, and then you feel bullied into it, where it should kind of be like, oh, if Maxwell's really in a position where he can, like, do what he wants and doesn't want to hire a bully, like, it is, if anything, his responsibility to be like, no, I know this guy's an asshole. He's going to treat my workers as, like, similarly uh, shitty. I should not give this person a job, but because I cannot rely on the merits of my own play to get traffic, I need this name to do it, then I'm just going to do that. I'm going to allow this shit heel to continue working. Now, this is also the scene in which Maxwell wants to speak to Fran about Maggie's notes and why... And, oh, she has a heart murmur, apparently. Apparently yeah, that's which what is, was put on the note. Which is very concerning. Yeah. Um, and it was also kind of like, again... Maxwell is an inattentive parent. I feel like he might honestly believe that maybe Maggie had a heart murmur and he's just never like, like, oh, well, I guess Niles handled that. Yeah. And every time one of them says something, uh, Niles is in the background cleaning the windows and commenting on a car crash outside that isn't really there. And the subtext is very clear. It's very clever, very good writing because Niles is pretending. (laughs) He's pretending that he's talking about a crash that you see outside. <laughs> but he's talking about the conversation. Are you having a breakdown? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I was going for comedic hyperbole. So Niles is using the metaphor of this car it's crash. It's very, audience, you didn't get to see Ben's face while they were doing that. It was very frightening. It's fine. It's just, my, <laughs> it's just what my face looks like, Mandy. Oh, no. <laughs> Oh, no. Uh, so Niles, building on the analogy that he referred to earlier about just wanting to watch the car crash, describes a car crash that is happening. Oh, look, traffic's backing up. I wonder what's ahead. 
And Fran almost gets away with it until she mentions a com- to Maxwell, oh, this is like a conversation I had with Maggie earlier about facing your fears. And then suddenly Maxwell's like, oh yeah, I wanted to talk to you about that thing again. And, and Niles has that fantastic comment about... Just when the roadway had finally cleared, <laughs> some idiot swerved into oncoming traffic. It's just, a, it's such a wonderful scene. Niles is just being, it's very dry and droll and just fun to watch yeah. Niles commenting on the scene in the background. You can definitely, like, I can picture whoever wrote this just kind of, like, sitting and extending this metaphor and just continuing with it and just giddy with themselves that they're just able to go, like, line after line and then that yeah. final, like, uh, someone just veered back around. Like, it is a it is a wonderfully written moment and it's one of those things that, like, it, that's part of the reason why we started this podcast is a point of, like, oh, Here's all of these surprisingly, like, very well-written moments. Yeah. And this is one of them. Yeah, this this was a lot... Of, this, for me, this scene, I think, is the highlight of the episode. I think the rest of the episode around it is kind of just okay. But this scene is... When I think about the nanny, this is the kind of dialogue that I, that I think about, where it's just kind of that... It's sharp, it's funny, it's very well-performed. Uh, and the the end of the conversation is that Fran is going to go with Maggie into school to have a conversation with the gym teacher. Yes. So uh, the next scene is them going into the gym class. Uh, there are some like students just working out in the middle of it, um, just in the background the whole time. Fran is like having memories of like checking out like the 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 rings and the bar and like making little quips about that which means that Fran's public school was like very well equipped we didn't have any of this shit I, mean, we d- I went to a public school admittedly in the UK but we had that shit we had nothing wow. we didn't have shit we had we had concrete and then there were um like some boxes painted on the concrete and it was just kind of a lot of a lot of my gym time just walking around those squares. Well, I think one of the things you need to remember is that Fran went to school in the eighties, and you went to school in the late, very late nineties, early to mid noughties. Yes, I did have so the gym in my high school that was actually fully decked out and had like a full like equipment and a ton of stuff. But that was because um, we had a very uh, prolific football team. Tim. Tebow, uh, if you'd know football things, uh, played for my high school. He did not go to my high school. He was homeschooled, but my high school was very proud of him. (laughs) And it was something of, it was after he had left, but our school was fine because the football coach was basically like keeping a kid in his home so that that kid would be on our football team. And so they announced this and our school got hit with a big fine for this uh, very illegal thing. Mm. And the principal announced it's like, I don't want you to worry. None of the money that we have to pay from the fine will come out of the football Jesus program. Christ. And then our art program was cut. Jesus. I'm just oh, fucking Florida. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Fuck you, Alan D. Nice. Was that the name of the school or the teacher? That's the name of the school. I've said Tim Tebow. You all yeah, could have Google. I just saved you a Google. Abs- incredible. Absolutely incredible. Fran is talking about all of her memories and her experience with her gym teacher and refers to her gym teacher by name. And then who should turn up but Maggie's gym teacher, 
who it turns out was Fran's gym teacher. Now, who's playing the gym teacher? Rita Moreno. Yay, Rita Moreno, whose name I mispronounced uh, at some indeterminate point in the future on the battlefields of 2021. Yeah, and she is very, like, is just playing hateful. Very much just chewing the scenery, playing oh, as... big, broad sitcom acting. Like, very, it's like very theatrical, yeah. uh, like, stage, evil villain person. Yeah. Uh, now, I did not, until you told me, know who uh, Rita Marino is. For the benefit of audience members who may not recognize that name, who was she? Or who is she? So, Rita Moreno is a Puerto Rican actress, uh, dancer, and singer. I know her from West Side Story. She's also in Singing in the Rain, The King and I. Um, she was in Oz. She was the voice of Carmen Sandiego in Where on Earth is Carmen Sandiego? I did not know that. I remember watching West Side Story with my dad. Rita Moreno is one of the few people who was not a white person painted orange to play the Puerto Ricans. Um, as opposed to the actress who played Maria, who was just some Russian lady. <laughs> Which, do you know what? I get a lot of people thinking that I'm Russian. I used to get, like, actual Russians mm. on the bus being like, no, but w- w- your grandparents must be Russian. Or your great-grand... Somebody is Russian. I'm like, nope. Huh. Nope. It's uh, Puerto Rican and Irish. Meanwhile, Maxwell is uh, meeting with the actor who we've been calling Alan Baker. And it's Alan, Alan Beck, because I just looked up the actor who plays him. So Rita Moreno comes on. There's not really an acknowledge- any acknowledgement yeah. from like the sitcom audience. Hello, fine. Miss Wickovich. When we see Alan Beck, there's a big clap from studio audience. Everybody out. There's a bomb threat. We're threatening to open with this bomb. This guy is not... What's what's his name? His, so his name is Joseph uh, Bologna, but it's spelt Bologna. I'm sure it has a, a pronunciation that is not that. Is it? Is it not... Bo- is Joey Bologna. Joey Bologna. Joey, his Joe name Bologna. is not Joey Bologna. Um, but this actor has a, uh, a kind of a long history. He's been in a lot of movies, a lot of TV shows. He was uh, in one of the Ice Age movies. He was in one of the Ice Age movies. He was in Big Daddy. Uh, he was in My Big fat greek wedding he's got a career the main thing that i saw is that he's also married to the actress who plays fran's mom yes but i didn't recognize him i don't know him i'm not familiar with his work yeah and apparently shot factory didn't recognize him either because he is not listed He's not listed in the episode description, and yeah. Rita Moreno is, though, it, which I guess just goes to show Rita Moreno has more uh, withstood the test of time, yeah. but it's such an interesting thing because it's not the guest that got a big, like... Yeah, Joey Bologna gets an applause, and it's not a long applause, it may have been edited down in post, but like, woo, yeah, okay, that's it. He steps out, he makes a joke about there being a bomb, he's referring to the script, but yeah, he's just an absolute asshole. he assumes that Maxwell is the gopher. We, uh... <laughs> Worked together some time ago in London. I was your assistant. Good. Get me some coffee. But actually, I'm the producer now. With cream. <laughs> hits on Cece, sees Fran, immediately hits on Fran and tells Cece to disregard the prior hit on that occurred, and then leaves. Just walks away. And all the time, he's got this big, chonkin cigar. It's just, he's just an, he immediately establishes himself as kind of this bullshit alpha male fuckhole yeah the asshole that maxwell hired is confirmed to still be an asshole yeah 
Meanwhile, Fran has decided that she is going to take Maggie uh, under her wing because uh, the gym teacher has declared that Maggie... Uh, Maggie has an exam. Yeah, Maggie... A, a gym exam, Yeah, she has, has a midterm exam. Um, and if she doesn't uh, ace it, she's getting an F in the class. Uh, Maggie is like... Uh, uh, understandably, uh, very distressed about it, and Fran is like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna show you," uh, which the gym teacher kind of scoffs at because the entire time she's like nitpicking Fran of saying like, "You're weak, you're flabby, you're like, like just, just mocking her and calling and, her weak," and, and clearly enjoying it. Like this is the a caricature of a gym teacher who just absolutely delights in causing pain and despair and discomfort. Yeah, like the, the students. Like every gym teacher I've ever encountered. Like to the point that Rita Moreno's exit in the scene is uh she turns around, stomps off. The kids in the background who are doing push ups, she stands on yeah. the kids. While cackling maniacally. Yeah. <laughs> Marriage has mellowed her. So Fran, having taken Maggie under her wing, buys exercise clothes and then goes to the school gym so that they can both work out. The gym teacher makes fun of them and then they immediately start running and trip and we don't get to see them work out. We just immediately cut to Fran soaking her feet because she's yeah. in pain. Apparently that was a bad trip. She tripped. They tripped on a, a gym mat. They tripped balls. They tripped balls. They didn't trip balls. Don't do drugs. They probably did trip some balls. <laughs> um, so we're in the kitchen with Fran kind of soaking her feet and kind of doubled over in pain, which is definitely a uh, a physical state that I can relate to on the regular just because of my chronic illness. Yeah. Maxwell comes in and he is very frustrated because the guy that he hired and knew was an asshole turned out to be an asshole. Who could have, who, who would have seen that coming? Yeah. So he is sitting with Fran and they're both commiserating. Who would have thought that we'd both be facing demons from our past? Yeah, it's interesting that this is kind of where the two narratives in this episode dovetail. And I honestly thought that because they do that, they would have similar resolutions. It's about standing up against someone who's causing you difficulty. And that really only happens for Maxwell. Maxwell stands up to Alan Beck and says, you have all these demands. I have some demands. You're going to play the role as written. You're going to stop trying to stand up and walk away from the wheelchair. He gets out a bigger cigar. A bigger cigar. Um, <laughs> it has like a blowtorch. And Alan is like, oh, well, well, fine, we'll see about that. And he walks out of Maxwell's office. A bunch of people lined up to audition for the role. Uh, Fran is talking about like, oh, Anthony Hopkins called and he wants to know if he needs to bring his own wheelchair. Definitely egging it on to like scare uh, Alan. And it works. Yeah. Alan Beck kind of admits kind of defeat and says, okay, well, we'll do it your way, but I'm still taking... A piece of shit off your desk, like a like a statue of a bird or whatever. Yeah, everyone cheered. Um, it is made clear that everyone there are. I mean, they're actors regardless, but they're actors specifically paid to do the, to do this. Yeah, they're not they're not no. actually auditioning for the role. <laughs> yeah, and we don't get that with the resolution to the the gym teacher story. What happens instead is Maggie does the the exam. We get this montage of her doing all of these things in gym and failing and sucking. And then at the end of it, the teacher says, "Well, I'm going to give you an F." Ah, ha, 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 ha. And then immediately starts choking on her whistle. Oh, yeah. She had a whistle the whole time. Yeah. Fran gives her the Heimlich, uh, saves her life, gloats over the fact that she has saved the gym teacher's life, then declares like, oh, well, then Maggie gets an A because yeah. I saved your life. Which I don't like that. I really didn't like that because it 
it felt like the easy out for that end of the story. No one is standing up to anybody. And I don't... Here's the thing. I, I think that standing up to the gym teacher would have felt a little kind of hollow and, and, and phony. But it... I, I would have preferred that over... Well, the resolution of this is the gym teacher nearly chokes to death. You know what I feel like would have made it so that it comes more around? is So Fran makes a comment of, like, she knows the Heimlich. Well, I might not have passed gym, but lucky for you, I pass the Heimlich poster every Sunday at Fung Lum's Chinese restaurant. <laughs> I feel like that should have, like, they should have made reference to the Chinese buffet, like, earlier. Like, I am torn because I feel like that's something where inevitably if they'd made an earlier comment it would have just been fat phobic humor of like oh well you can't lift weights because you just sit and you go to a buffet every Sunday um and then that have that come back around it's like oh it's because I go to the buffet that I know how to do the Heimlich because I I feel like there's a way to kind of make it of like no I have like value as a person I am not solely focused on doing gym things but because of that, I was able to save your life. Yeah. I think that would have been a better angle. I think I still would have preferred to see Fran and Maggie actively stand up to someone who is being is a, is a sadist. They're being sadistic. And there's no call for it. And they're also in a situation where they're supposed to be uh, a teacher. They're supposed to be encouraging, not yeah. tormenting. And I... I, I maybe this is just me with my personal experiences with teachers. But I really wish that that teacher could have... Rather than like, oh, I'm accidentally choking on my whistle. I wish that there had been an actual consequence. I wish that there had been an actual, we're standing up to this teacher. They're, they're an awful person. They've admitted openly that they're an awful person. And I wish that there was some kind of repercussion for that rather than, haha, I win. Oops, I'm choking. Uh, oh, I guess I'm giving you an A because you saved my life. Yeah. And it's one of those things where I don't know, like, within the contracts of, like, just this episode and really only half the plot is based on that, of, like, mm. what that could have been. Yeah. I mean, I get... And also knowing this is a sitcom, and it has to be a funny thing. Yeah. I mean, maybe it was something of, rather than Fran just uh, teaching Maggie, she bonds with the rest of the girls in the gym class yeah. and then gets the girls in the gym class and be like, okay, well, there's more of us than there are of you. Yeah. So even one of us is weak. Get all a, of all of us could beat the shit out of you. Make it a Bugs Life situation. Yeah. You know, like... It just felt very much to me like this was the easy out, especially when the show has gone to great pains on at least two occasions earlier in this episode to dovetail the A story and the B story and say, oh, hey, we're both kind of stuck in a similar situation. The fact that one resolution is Maxwell kind of out alphaing the alpha and the other is gym teacher choke on whistle gym teacher yeah. dumb and one of them is very much like a plan and based on like oh hey you yeah. Mike maxwell has a ton of resources he could do these things like he can put this person in submission and make it clear to him like i don't need you versus france is entirely like just a matter of circumstance where they yeah. luck into this yeah they that's it it's the fact that they luck into a solution yeah. to maggie's problem it doesn't feel earned like i think if i were if i were if i were the script editor on this i would i would i would say why this doesn't feel earned like it doesn't feel like fran and maggie have earned their their solution it feels like they are it's circumstantial they've fallen into it yeah and i i feel like fran could have even uh like when they get the thing of like oh hey mag you you got an a um i feel like there's a way that that could have been worded of like oh well you get an a because like well, you did it. You conquered. You conquered your stuff, and you have made progress. You are better than you were before, 
I would have liked the idea of like Fran very smarmily doing this to the gym teacher of like, oh, well, this is a place where people are supposed to like grow and do progress. It doesn't matter where you started. It yeah. matters uh, like what the progress you made. And you made progress. And for that, you get an A. And for that, everyone gets an A. Yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of the big silly version of it. But yeah, yeah. I like something that f- would have felt less of us we've stumbled into this ending it felt like it, what it felt like was the writers not really knowing how to end that story yeah and doing the thing that like well we know Fran is good at physical comedy we've got this amazing guest star let's let's have a Heimlich maneuver because he, the Heimlich maneuver is funny right that's funny stuff I didn't and I'm amazed she choked on a whistle they never once did a like Looney Tune. She's trying to breathe, and she's just and making the whistle, whistle sound noises. comes. She yeah, never makes that's a such whistle an noise. Obvious gag, and they 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 didn't go for it, which is amazing because this being the type of sitcom that it is does sometimes go for the obvious gag in a fun way. And I'm I'm wondering if maybe it's something like it was written like they were going to do because obviously you can't have that. That's something that you have to add in. Yeah. But I mean. Fran Drescher and Rita Moreno are both very good, like, have that physical thing. Yeah. And then it was like, oh, well, we have we have the take. We have it just without the sound. It doesn't necessarily need the sound. And they definitely they definitely need some stuff in post because the montage of Maggie doing the, the various gym things, her grunts and oofs and owls were all very clearly added in post. Yeah. But we get we get a uh, a uh, a credit sequence of Fran and the gym teacher looking through the class of 82 yearbook, the gym teacher commenting on the boy who's got his arm around Fran in the the school photo and uh quoting what I didn't know at the time but you told me were lines from West Side Story. Yeah, just be like, "Oh yeah, that's not that's someone who would shoot your brother and that's not <laughs> you need to you need to be with one of your own." Yeah. Which is weird thing to say to a Jewish woman, but hey, what are we... Uh... Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? They were going for the fun reference. They probably weren't thinking about it past that point. In fairness, because in the context of it, it still is a woman of color telling another, like, it's not good, mm. but it's it's not it's not a white person telling them that. No. That. So I guess the question I want to ask you, and I think we've already kind of touched on it a little bit, but did you like this episode? It's fine. It's fan fine. <laughs> no, I wouldn't necessarily say it's fan fine. It's just, it's it's there. There are some moments that I like of this. Mm. Again, uh, the Niles car crash stuff is like amazingly written. They're going to need the jaws of life for this one. <laughs> I really enjoy like Rita Moreno doing this villainous gym oh, yeah, teacher she's bit. she's having so much fun. Um, and it's kind of like she is every gym teacher like that you've like ever she's dialing it up to 11 and it's especially funny because she is a like she is a petite woman yeah she's not like she's not like a big like I feel like the stereotypical thing would be having like a big like jock guy to kind of do this and just having like this vi- like this very see, small but very loud hmm. woman i see i have the opposite because i feel like she was perfectly cast like when i think about all of the uh, the women who were pe teachers in the high schools that i went to i think of people with rita marino's frame she looks like a gym teacher that you have in school but she doesn't like i feel like a different show mm. would ca- yeah. yeah but like it's not the it's true to real life it's not true to what how a sitcom would be. yeah a yeah. sitcom because it was like oh we we need the big intimidating jock guy and i feel like having rita moreno who has 
the energy of a big intimidating jock guy, but in a vi- like very petite package. Yeah. yeah, I didn't like this episode. Like you, I loved the Niles car crash background commentary. I thought that was really good. But that's the only part of this episode I want to watch again. Like, I don't know whether it's because I was disappointed in the ending or if it's because of my own personal experiences with PE teachers. But this is an episode where if we were watching through the show again from the beginning for fun, I would skip it. Like, mm. I have no interest in watching. I would, again, maybe watch the car crash scene on its own. Everything else I don't need. I, don't, I didn't like it. I, I feel bad for not liking it because um, Rita Moreno is great and uh, Joe Baloney was very, very, was very, very good as a shitty acting person. I think that Charles Shaughnessy as well, like when he's playing, like he's trying to out alpha the alpha, does a really good job of it. Like I don't yeah. always think about, and I, 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 I'm ashamed to say this, but I don't always think about uh, Charles Shaughnessy's performance. Um, because I think he just kind of, I don't want to say- He, he, ha- he, he has to be the straight man. He has, He's the, yeah. everyone's straight man. He doesn't often get the opportunity to like be anything as other than the straight man and him kind of getting to kind of push back and it looked like he was having fun with that. It was fun to watch, but I just, this episode left a sour taste in my mouth. It's not a bad episode. It, we've had a couple of like really bad episodes. It's nowhere near as bad as those. Yeah. It's just disappointing and it touched a nerve. <laughs> for me personally that maybe it didn't need to and i just didn't like the way that the gym story ended i don't feel like i had as negative a reaction as you did and part of that is that it touched a nerve for you and i i don't necessarily think that it's wrong for this like episode i feel like this episode again very intentionally like wants to play into like don't you hate your gym teacher aren't yeah. gym teachers the worst but it doesn't necessarily like you want some vindication of yeah. that, of like, oh yeah, and here's when Fran and Maggie get to one up that gym teacher that you hate, yeah. and they kind of don't. They don't get, but it never quite reaches. So that it's like, level, it's yeah. kind of a bummer. Yeah. Oh well. Hey, what are we watching next week? Next week we are watching Ode to Barbara Joan, aka Daddy Dearest. Cece's father Stuart visits. Does he? Visits like a lizard. Visits the lizard. Cece's father, Stuart, visits and charms the entire family. When he offers to take Fran to a Barbara Streisand concert, Cece becomes envious of the nanny's bond with her dad. And that's season one, episode 20. Yes, uh, fun fact. So when you bought me this box set and I started uh, re-watching, this was basically the last episode that I watched before we decided that uh, we would do a podcast and I basically stopped re-watching. I knew that we would be watching for the show and I didn't necessarily yeah. want to just like have it all uh, so immediate in my mind so this was the last ep- episode that i did that is very close in my mind because i've rewatched it very yeah. recently so then we're kind of heading into uncharted territory for the both of us yeah. it's episodes that we've both watched but are not necessarily episodes that are fresh in our memory yes yeah and it's uh, from here it's a lot of episodes that were kind of just like on yeah and so i've like seen patly either like watched it a year or two ago or watched it 15 years ago well i look forward to watching that one next week um and i look forward to you listening to next week's episode if you've been listening to this week's episode uh thank you so much for doing so if you like the show do please uh, let your friends know on social media or in real life or over the phone or on the bus uh little baby podcasts like ours little independent shows live and die by word of mouth and we would greatly appreciate yours 
Um, you can find us on social media. Our Twitter and our Instagram and our Facebook are all out on her fanny. And the website is oofcast.com. That is O-O-H-F-Cast.com. Mandy, where can people find you? You can find me on uh, the social medias at Mandy Quesadilla. That's Mandy with a Y. And Quesadilla like the food. Lovely. And I'm Ben Padden, uh, predominantly on Twitter and Instagram. But you can also find me on Facebook and Tumblr. If you enjoy hearing my voice, I do GM a Doctor Who role-playing game actual play podcast called The Game of Rassilon. If you're a fan of Doctor Who, it is the Doctor Who role-playing game. We're telling unique stories with our own Doctor and her own companions. You can find that online at adventuresintimeand.space uh, or just search for Doctor Who role-playing game in your favourite podcast app. Um, and if you enjoy hearing my voice, why? Why do you think that? <laughs> That's weird. I love your voice. Your voice is fine. It's weird. Shut the fuck up. Anyway, thank you so much for listening to Out on Her Fanny. A podcast about the nanny. I've been Ben. I've been Mandy. And yes, we, we do, do know, know it, it means, means vagina. vagina. Our neighbors hear us say that once a week, every week. And yeah. I have to wonder what they think we're doing in here. Yeah. Bye. Grand Geek Gathering